Florida Gators assistant offensive line coach Darnell Stapleton has left the team to join the Washington Commanders. We're going to talk about why that actually might be a good thing for the Florida Gators here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free for this in the podcast. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country and NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And initially, this was supposed to be the mailbag episode, which we'll get to either this weekend or Monday. Uh, but this was supposed to be the mailbag episode for the subtext group. And then yesterday... Darnell Stapleton, the news broke that Darnell Stapleton was leaving the Florida Gators coaching staff so that he can go join the Washington Commanders with Dan Quinn and be their assistant offensive line coach. Remember what we discussed weeks ago? This was before the Senior Bowl. This was before contracts were thought to be expiring, whatever it was. This was weeks ago where we said, hey, Darnell Stapleton is, is probably going to be brought back and move off field or leave altogether for another program or NFL team. And this is Darnell Stapleton going to the NFL. So this isn't a, a huge shock. I think it's more of a shock for Gators fans just that it happened when it did. Uh, I think that's the bigger takeaway there. But this is something that I do think can actually can can be good for the Florida Gators here. Darnell Stapleton worked with the interior offensive linemen a lot last year, which were the good offensive linemen last year. However, and like obviously, yeah, that's cause for concern. The one who was the good one is gone. However, and we'll talk about replacing him and what the staff can look like after that, but Rob Sale, who was primarily with the tackles last year, Hasn't been great, right, in Gainesville. I think most of us acknowledge that, whether it's you're talking about recruiting or developing the offensive line talent that you actually have there. It hasn't been awesome. However, now I think you look at an opportunity, if you're Billy Napier, and you see an opportunity to let Rob Sale be the sole offensive line coach here, which I do think maybe that's something that he he can just handle. Like, I do think that that's something that he he can maybe just thrive as, you know, they, they've done the, they've done the two offensive line coach thing for a while. Billy Napier's done it every year, except for one year. Uh, and that was the COVID year. So he's done it for every year as head coach, except for the COVID year. And he's had two offensive line coaches and he's generally put out solid offensive lines, but here's the thing. It hasn't been working out in Gainesville. 
whether you're talking about recruiting or developing, it hasn't really worked out for the Florida Gators with Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton. And I, I was a big fan of Darnell Stapleton. I still am. And they, the Washington Commanders hired Bobby Johnson to be their offensive line coach. I think Darnell Stapleton's the better there as the offensive, as the assistant offensive line coach. I think he's the better one there. But Billy Napier's been a fan of the two off of the two offensive line coach approach since his days as a head coach began at Louisiana six years ago. I guess going into his seventh year as head coach. This could be a chance to say, "Hey, we tried it for two years." And it didn't really work in either of them. You look at the 2022 offensive line, and they didn't allow a lot of sacks. Pressures were still a thing, but you had Anthony Richardson there that could evade the pressures, and it made your sacks look better. Him as a rushing threat meant that run defenses had to account for that, and it made running the ball easier with his dual threat ability. So... When you look at just the offensive line performances, there's really been one guy that stood out, and that's Osiris Torrance, who came from Louisiana with Billy Napier. And Osiris Torrance, I was talking with one of the subtext users uh, yesterday where Osiris Torrance really credited Billy Napier and Rob Sale more than anyone else as far as his recruitment, development, progression, and going into the NFL. As far as that went, he credited those two more than Darnell Stapleton. He credited Rob Sale and Billy Napier. And then, of course, he went on to be an All-American and a second-round pick in the NFL draft. And he, I think, played more snaps than any other rookie offensive lineman or any other Bills offensive lineman. It was something like that. He played a ton of snaps at allowing sack. Still, at the NFL level, that's what he's been doing. And so you look at that. You look at Robert Hunt from the Louisiana days with Billy Napier and Rob Sale, and you look at what he did, and then he went on to be a draft pick with the Miami Dolphins and a starting offensive lineman. And you look at Max Mitchell, who went on to be a draft pick with the New York Jets, and I don't think he's a starter, but I mean, he just finished his first or second year. But you look at Rob Sale has gotten a good number of guys to the NFL, and all of them have given him a lot of the credit for it. And I've been very harsh on Rob Sale in recent months. I know that really the last year-ish been very harsh on Rob Sale, and I'm not going back on any of that. I want you to know I'm standing on business there. However, maybe when you look at the sole offensive line coach approach, maybe that's the way to go here. Maybe that's just what works now. Maybe that's how Rob Sale's coaching style works now. Because don't forget, it worked at Louisiana. Okay? It worked there. Then Rob Sale went to the New York Giants, and he was there for the 2021 season. And by the way, their offensive line when he was there did improve. It was still terrible, but it did improve. So the 2021 season, Rob Sale was with the New York Giants. And then he came back to college, and it hasn't worked since. So maybe we're just at the point where Rob Sale isn't good with that dual offensive line coach dynamic anymore. And we've heard people say that we've, I've spoken to, I almost dropped the name that I'm not, that was off the record. Um, <laughs> spoken to at least two former Florida Gators offensive linemen who have said that they didn't like having both Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton there because they felt like it was confusing, confusing if things weren't going in unison. So maybe this is one of those areas where this is no longer uh, an approach that works for the Florida Gators. 
And so I think that looking at it, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because I recognize that, yes, Darnell Stapleton worked more with the interior last year. And yes, the interior were the only even acceptable players on the offensive line. Acceptable. I'm not even saying they were awesome. They were the only acceptable players on the offensive line, at least during the 2023 season. And really, really, if you go back to 2022, kind of, that's kind of how it went too. So maybe it was Darnell Stapleton that was the better offensive line coach. However, maybe it's also just that Rob Sale is not one that can, whether wants to work with another offensive line coach. And that could be telling too. If Florida doesn't hire an offensive line coach to work with him, an assistant offensive line coach, whatever you want to call him, if they don't do that, then maybe we're talking about an improved offensive line approach because it's coming from one voice, one direction. And of course, you're going to have the assistance. But maybe that is what this team needs right now. And it also obviously frees up a coaching staff spot, which I think all of us are, are very much looking forward to and very much enjoy which we'll talk about what I think Florida will do and what I personally would do. But first, we're going to get a quick word from FanDuel. Today's episode of Lock on Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's 150 bucks if your team wins. And the parlay that I hit last night was sick. It was like the no sweat bet for the TNT game, which was the Bucks and the Grizzlies. And it was a plus 1,721 parlay. Jordan Goodwin, 10 points. Damian Lillard, two rebounds. Damian Lillard, two threes. Vince Williams, four rebounds. Uh, Jay Crowder, two rebounds. Santi Aldama, a three. Brooke Lopez, 10 points. Trey Jamison, four rebounds. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 20 points. Dame Lillard, 20 points. Chi-Chi Jackson, 15 points. Malik Beasley, two threes. Brooke Lopez, two threes. Bobby Porter's four rebounds. Trey Jamison, four rebounds. All cash yesterday. Malik Beasley threw me for a loop. He started one for eight, finished like three for 10 from three. Um, but fun winning with FanDuel before the All-Star break. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Remember that FanDuel is an official sports book partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free breakfast in the podcast. And there are a few approaches that Florida can take to replacing Darnell Stapleton. And I say replacing in quotes because you're replacing the roster, you're replacing the coaching staff spot, but you're not always necessarily replacing him directly. But that is something that we do have to talk about where it's possible that you go with the two offensive line coach approach. I, I hate how that rhymes, uh, but it's possible that you do that. It's possible that you go, hey, well, Billy Napier, again, has done it every year in his head coaching career, except for the COVID year. Which, by the way, he had a special teams co- coordinator at that time. But every year, except for the COVID year, Billy Napier's had two offensive line coach approach to his on-field coaching staff. So maybe... We look at that possibility. That could be an internal promotion. Maybe you go back for Chess and Black here again. That could go, who just recently left the program. Maybe you go, all right, come on back. And now you're going to be coaching the outline with us. Maybe you go externally, whatever it may be, you've got options. Okay, this is, there's a, how we talk about like, oh, like the coaching community is small. When you're talking about position specific coaching community, 
it's way more tight knit. And I feel like when you talk about the offensive line specifically, they're like that. So there could be multiple options. Maybe you go back to I don't wanna don't wanna scare anybody. But maybe you go back to Louisiana Day. Maybe you go to someone that was on staff as an analyst with Billy Napier at Alabama. Maybe that's the approach. But you can add another offensive line coach, which again, not what I would do. We'll talk about what I would do, which is not in this segment, but not what I would do. But that is a realistic possibility, especially when you're this late in the season, I know, or this late in the offseason. I know a lot of people go, oh, go, go get an offensive coordinator now. The fact of the matter is, I feel like if you're talking externally, that ship might have sailed. I mean, unless you want to circle back and go, all right, yeah, Willie Korn. All right, yeah, Brennan Marion. All right, yeah, any of these other names. By the way, I spent months with my my Charlie Day conspiracy theory approach of going, oh, Jake Pete's like, you should bring him in. Jake Pete should be the guy. He just got hired by the uh, Seattle Seahawks. So I get that they didn't hire him, but he did just get a promotion. I feel pretty good about pounding the table for that one. But maybe you go another offensive line coach. However, I did also mention that in 2020, the COVID year, Billy Napier had one offensive line coach, which currently Florida has one offensive line coach and a special teams coordinator. Florida does not currently have a special teams coordinator. You can go the route of having the on-field special teams coach just promote Joe Houston. You recently hired Joe Houston, what, two weeks ago? Recently hired Joe Houston to be your to run your special teams unit and be listed as an analyst, but to run your special teams unit. Now you can promote him to on field. I feel like that one's just like call it a day. I feel like that's a very easy connection to make. And it's something where you could just go, all right, we've got our on field special teams coordinator. Special teams unit was horrid last year. That's the approach that we're going to take, and we're going to move that way. Then there's the third scenario, which I think that these are the three most likely scenarios. Is again, I think when you're looking externally, unless you're bringing someone up from a group of five, there's kind of slim pickings out there. Group of five or recently fired or hot seat in the NFL. I, I feel like we're looking at a little bit of slim pickings there, but you, Hey, you can go and make a move. And even on coaching staff where someone's going to get fired, there's going to be at least a couple of guys. who's like, Hey, I was held down by upper management. would be bad. Maybe you go get one of those guys and it works for you. Right. Maybe go, go get Carrie Colbert back. <laughs> but the last option, Ryan O'Hara is currently in an off field role. He's been the guy that has worked with quarterbacks. He's basically the quarterback coach. He just can't technically recruit, uh, can't technically do some things that on-field coaching staff members can do. However, given that Ryan O'Hara is, one, someone that we know Billy Napier trusts because he's been on his staff for years, and two, someone that does have a genuinely pretty solid reputation around just coaching in general, but also coaching that quarterback spot specifically. 
and you look at Florida's quarterback play, I feel like both guys kind of, as in Anthony Richardson and uh, Graham Mertz, I feel like they both kind of exceeded expectations. Uh, AR, we kind of... AR ex- exceeded realistic expectations, I'll say. There were some that were wild with the Heisman stuff, um, but he exceeded realistic expectations, as did Graham Mertz. So you can look at that and you can say, hey, we'll promote you to QB coach. Not too much changes. However, you keep him from getting promoted to an on-field role at another university because Florida did just lose one of their analysts to uh, was it West Georgia to be their special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach. So by promoting Ryan O'Hara to quarterback coach on field officially, you, you prevent that from happening and you keep this coaching staff a bit more intact. And again, Ryan O'Hara does have a, like every, every player that talks about Ryan O'Hara has glowing reviews of him. So maybe Ryan O'Hara is the guy that gets that open spot because you don't currently have a quarterback coach on field. And you've now got that spot in a moment where there's not a ton of viable options that people are going to be happy with, really. So Ryan O'Hara could be the option at quarterback coach for Florida if you're trying to fill that spot without another offensive line coach, without a special teams coordinator, without an on without an offensive coordinator you could just go all right ryan o'hara you're the qb coach now go 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 nuts and and take that approach to things now we get to talk about what i would do if i was billy napier which i do think is a bit more the crazy conspiracy theorist thing but first we're going to get a quick word from game time Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Game Time. And let me tell you guys about this beautiful, wonderful, 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 fantastic app, Game Time. I love it because I've used it for three games. I've used it for two Mets games last year, and I used it to buy Arkansas at Florida tickets last year. All three times, I did wait until the last minute. The Arkansas one. I just didn't know if I was going to be able to make the trip to Gainesville that late because it was when we came back from Brazil. And the Mets tickets, I've said this before, I like to wait for like the day of or the day before so I know who's pitching in those games because I don't want to watch terrible pitch. I get it. Home runs are fun. Yeah, whatever. I like to watch a good pitching matchup. So I waited for uh, both games. It was Kode Senga. I love him. I'm just going to throw that one out there for you, Mets fans, or Gators fans, that maybe Mets fans also. Listen to Lockdown Mets, Ryan Finkelstein's great. But I use game time for it. Fantastic, quick, relatively cheap. One of them I did get a deal on, and that was really fun. But you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, okay? Right now, very simple. For your first-time customers, go to Locked On or use code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $20 off your purchase terms do apply download game time today last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed to wrap up today's episode of locked on gators i am putting on the tin foil hat and again i don't think this happens it's what i would do it's what i think the right decision would be for the florida gators right now because 
when we were talking about this offseason, like let's just go back a couple of months here. Talking about this offseason, Corey Raymond, Sean Spencer, gone. You had two spots available in the coaching staff there. Obviously, you had to figure some things out with replacing defensive line coach, replacing secondary coach. Jay Bateman left as your linebackers coach. You had quite a bit of movement going on. And we were like, all right, well, you have to hire a defensive line coach. And you have to hire someone to coach the secondary. And then Jay Bateman leaving the day after early signing day, you were kind of given a gift of coaching staff flexibility because you didn't have to hire a linebacker coach to replace him. Austin Armstrong was hired at Alabama before Florida to be the inside linebackers coach. He worked with safeties last year. You could have just brought him down to linebacker. Had Will Harris worked with the whole secondary. Had Gerald Chapman handled the defensive line. Have Mike Peterson handled the edge group. And wipe your hands of it. And then you had that extra spot that you could have had OC. Whatever it was you wanted to do. They hired Ron Roberts, which I love the hire. So I'm not complaining about it at all. But now you were gifted that extra coaching spot again. Because we also, at that time, we were like, all right, well, maybe you do hire a linebacker coach, get rid of one of the offensive line coaches, and then you can hire an offensive coordinator. Obviously, I just bit my tongue. Obviously, that isn't what happened. They hired Ron Roberts, kept the offensive line coaches, and then Darnell Stapleton went to the Washington Commanders, which, again, was always a thing where he could move off field or choose to leave if he wanted to. The commanders did pay his buyout, so at least there was that fun stuff. You get that money back. But now, you've got a little bit of freedom. Personally, what I would do, Russ Calloway is currently your tight ends coach. He's a pretty good young mind, pretty good offensive mind. Has offensive play calling uh, experience at Samford, which I get it. Samford is not... Hell, it's not group of five, let alone power five, let alone SEC. However, he's been with the Florida Gators for two seasons now, one on offense, one on defense. He's seen this offensive system be built. He can probably run this offense, add a little bit of his concepts to it, improve the passing game a little bit, which is what I think needs to be improved more, improve the passing game a little bit, and be your play caller. You can make him just OC. Then you look at tight end coach, and you go, okay, now we don't have a tight end coach, because, again, you can have Russ be OC slash tight ends. You can also just make him OC. Uh, And that way, guess what he can do? Recruit all the positions on the offense, not have to focus. uh, Obviously, he's still capable of recruiting all the positions, especially we saw William Piegler do that a lot when he was here in 2022. But he can actually hold weight in what the offense is going to do when he's the offensive coordinator. So all the positions. And he can focus on game planning, running a consistent offense that works, making those adjustments, and you can promote or hire a tight ends coach. Again, This isn't what I think will happen. In fact, I am pretty damn confident it won't happen. But it's still something that I would think, or I think 
should be considered. Again, don't think it will be. I think it should be, though. Look at promoting Russ Callaway to offensive coordinator and promote Justin Postuma to tight ends coach. He's currently quality control tight ends uh, for Florida. He was previously at uh, Southeastern Louisiana and uh, Austin P before that, if I'm not mistaken, which Austin P's offense pretty fun in recent years. If you haven't watched it, he played quarterback at UCLA and then Southeastern Louisiana. Um, so he, and he was an offensive coordinator, like a high school before, like right after playing before going into college obviously college coaching, but he's someone that feel pretty good about right now. Like all the returns that I've heard have been positive. We've had Hayden on the show, Hayden Hanson starting tight end on the show during the season. And he was saying positive things about coach, coach post is, is what he called him. And I remember being like, Oh, Justin Postuma. Um, so he said positive things about coach post. Promote Russ Callaway to OC, promote Justin Postuma to Postuma. I'm sorry. I don't know how it's pronounced. Coach <laughs> Post to tight ends coach, or keep him as your quality control of tight ends and hire someone externally. Tight end is one of those positions where we constantly where we constantly see wide receiver coaches move to tight end, running back coaches move to tight end. We saw William Piegler as a running back coach with Michigan State. And then when he came to Florida, he was a tight end coach. I mean, Coach David Decker is coaching receivers right now. Move him to tight end coach if you want and promote Russ Callaway to OC. You can you can have some fun with these things while also improving your staff. You fill the void left on the in, on the on-field coaching staff by having Russ Callaway be OC. You fill the void left by Russ Callaway leaving the tight end room with, again, whether it's Coach David Decker, which I don't think would do all, all returns on him have been awesome as a receiver coach, uh, which could help tight ends in the passing game or Justin Postuma up there. You've got a, a, a massive staff of just uh, support staff, analysts, quality control, whatever it may be. You've got about one, two, three, six billion people on this coaching staff that could be promoted to something that would get them on the field more consistently, whether it's uh, Ross Bears, Ross Barrys. I, I don't know how it's pronounced genuinely, but again, it's one of those where, hey, if you can get them up there and you can do it, do it. There's John Donovan. I'm legitimately just looking at the staff and I'm only looking at guys who are offensive. There's a ton of them. J- Justin Postum is the only one with uh, quality control tight ends. But there's Caleb Johnson could be getting a promotion. He's quality control offensive line coach. Do you make him the assistant offensive line. Eric Keesaw, who has offensive play calling experience with Auburn. He was their offensive coordinator under Brian Harson. Maybe bring Eric Keesaw and give him a, a little bump up. I hope not as offensive coordinator. I would not like to see that. I'd be very upset if that happened. Did an okay job, but still... I wouldn't be thrilled with it, but there's a lot of options here that you can do. And I personally, I would rather kind of see Rob sale be the solo offensive line coach. I've been very hard on him. I know a lot of Florida Gators fans have, but I'm at the point where I look at what offensive line play has been. 
and I say, hey, the two offensive line coach or maybe those two offensive line coaches didn't work together. Maybe we have a little conversation about trying out Rob Sale. You're paying him a lot of money right now to be an offensive line coach and offensive coordinator in title. Figure something out, and, and if you're paying him that much money, let him be the solo offensive line coach and prove that he's worth that money. I think that's a fair ask of me for someone who's making seven figures to have. I, I don't like that people said the second worst offensive line because that blown block rate thing. I understand it, but that's that's just not how that works. Thanks for Lockdown Gators, your first listen of the day, every day. We will be back maybe this weekend, bonus show. We'll see, maybe Sunday, maybe get a commitment on Sunday. Just saying. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country and NFL 33, and I will see you all next time.